Algar Productions. Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Al, and this is Amanda. Hello. And we're making our way through Terry Pratchett's Discworld series one book at a time. This month, we're discussing book 21, Jingo. Halfway there, halfway there. This is book 21 of, by our count, 42. Yeah. Um, Suck it, other podcasts. We don't know that any podcast has ever attempted this. Or, suck it. Uh, don't tell people to suck it. <laughs> stop. Homer, stop calling everyone suckers. But yes, this is like, it depends on how you count because there's like, like we did with Eric, mm-hmm. which was a very short book. We did two episodes and when we get to, there's a, there's a book called The Last Hero, which is also very short. That'll be another double episode. But Yeah, uh, that's going to be a fucking terrible month for us. Yeah, because the book we've been dreading that we've mentioned every mm-hmm. month. That we hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Amazing Maurice happens that month as well. Does it have one joke in it? I don't think so. Well, we'll find out. Maybe we're remembering wrong. It's been a long time. Unlikely. Going back through these again, I'm learning like new things and seeing things different ways and thinking different things. So we'll, we'll see. You never know. The ocean is still the ocean. That is that is true. Let me tell you what happens in Jingo, though. This, yes. is, this is the book. Uh, war between Ankhmore Pork and Clatch seems inevitable. Thanks to a dispute over the recently resurfaced island of Leshp. Yep. See, now we're back to you and I. Yeah. One, one sentence. Yeah, not these three sentence long monstrosities. Oh, Brian. Brian. Yeah. Three sentences. Ugh. You probably could have done this even shorter, but that's okay. Fighting over Leshp. Uh huh. Done. Leshp. Yeah, one word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no period, just to just yep. to save like we're sending a telegram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this was a good one. Um, I really like this one. This might be my third or fourth favorite watch book. Yeah, we were we were talking about this. There mm-hmm. ends up being like 10 or 12 watch books. It's mm-hmm. definitely the largest of the subseries. Unless you lump the Tiffany Aching books in with the witch books. In which, which I case, do. In which case they're neck and neck. I yeah. consider them sort of a, a subseries of the subseries. But we'll we'll get there later. Anyway, uh, if I were to rank all my favorite watch books, this one would be near the bottom. But that doesn't mean I don't like it. I love no, you all just, of them. Yeah, you. I just might like this one the least. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff in here that just I I don't I don't think is great, but I also love it. So it's. Uh, I really like this book, and this is a strong showing from a lot of the characters. It is. It is probably the best Colin and Nobby book. Yeah, they're actually pretty funny in this. Yeah, and they have things to do, and we learn things about at least mm-hmm. one of them. And uh, it's a really good detritus book. I he knew... doesn't have much to do in it, but the bits that he has are quite No, but good. the bits he has are really, really strong and super, super funny. Like, we have a bit uh, near the beginning of the book where uh, there's a, a mob mm-hmm. that's going to cause a, cause trouble. And so Detritus says he's going to read the riot act yep. and then shoot all of them in the head Yep, because he's very literal. And the only thing that saves them is the fact that he's having a lot of trouble reading through he it. He literally has to read them the riot act. And mm-hmm. he won't start shooting until he finishes. So, yes, that is very good. And then um, he starts getting uh, more stupid as we go towards... Um, uh, uh, clatch. Clatch. I'm like, what What word? Yeah, Which clatch. is a desert country. We've been there before. Yeah. Uh, Death joined the Clatchy and Foreign mm-hmm. Legion. And I believe we dealt with the dregs in... Was it Pyramids? It was we in were Pyramids, in the but they yeah. were just in it a tiny little bit. Right. No, but, we, but a lot yeah. of the pieces of this have been around before is what I'm saying. And uh, so he's on the ship and Vimes, like, because they need to get there fast. And mm-hmm. Vimes tells him to throw everything overboard. That was funny. Mm-hmm. I was going through, like... The jokes that landed and the jokes that didn't. And that doesn't feel like one that should land to me. God, it was funny. The big dumb guy being told to throw everything overboard that's too heavy. And he throws everything over, including the anchor. The funny part is him realizing it. Yeah. It's like, so it's a big heavy thing that would keep us from going. Yeah. Yeah, that was slowing us down. I threw Mm -hmm. it over. Uh, and then we have, uh, once they get to Clatch, the nights in the deserts are very cold. Mm -hmm. And so Detritus. Suddenly he gets smart. He gets smart again. He just like he goes into like a uh, torpid state. Like he basically mm-hmm. well, hibernates. He says, he says right before they start mm-hmm. marching into the desert, he says, "I'm gonna get thick." Mm-hmm. And like, oh, poor big dumb guy. Mm-hmm. And there was a nice like one sentence. This is all I ask for. Mm-hmm. A one sentence acknowledgement that he has his cooling helmet. That mm-hmm. that's still a thing, and it just couldn't handle the desert. Yeah, because like, the desert good. is very very hot. But. That was a big thing in that watch book mm-hmm. was like his dead friend Cuddy built that for him. And I'm glad it's still there. I'm glad. And again, I, I, it doesn't need to be a big thing. Just say it's there and it's not working. Right. Good enough. That's all I expect. And I'm glad because in the previous book, it's like, what? Does he have Why is he it? getting dumb? He's got the helmet. 
And near the beginning, uh, there's a good bit where he says he knows which way the wind is blowing. And mm-hmm. it's because, and Vimes is like, oh, so you can yeah. like, sense that something's coming. He's like, yeah, it's because you look at the weather cocks yeah. and they're look pointed the right vein, way. Weather vanes up there, yeah. they're all like, yeah. Very funny. Mm-hmm. No, I like Detroit as a great deal. He's, uh, and the watch, like, this has been a gradual trend. Each new watch book, we get more people. Like, the very first book was Carrot showing up, and it used to just be the three of them, and then it was the four of them. And then we get Angua and uh, Cuddy and Detritus. And then we got um, Cheery. And then, mm-hmm. like, now we have Dorful. Mm-hmm. And now we have, um, they, they have a gnome. Mm-hmm. And they have uh, a zombie. Like, it's just more and more each book. I love that. Yep. And because we're introduced to a couple of these characters, a book, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel overwhelming. It's no, not like, oh, my watch... God, there's fucking 17 guys. I don't know all these guys. The Watch is probably, by this stage, 10 named characters. Mm-hmm. And I could tell you something about each of them. Yeah, they each have a character. A distinct not... personality. Yeah. And if we have a scene with them, it's not like, oh, which one is talking? No, mm-hmm. I know exactly which one is talking. Yep. Every now and then, like, he'll throw in, and he does. He does this on purpose. He'll throw in, like, a troll with a very troll name or a dwarf mm-hmm. with a very dwarf name, and they're nobody. They're just they're to just fill out the crowd. They're just some guy, yeah. But as far as named characters go, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of guys to choose from now, which I love. I almost picked uh, this detritus bit here as the, uh, the pune or play on words. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says... Um, he goes like, oh, like in a, a troll word. Mm-hmm. And he says, it means them things. What comes in... He pauses and looked at his fingers while his lips moved. Fours. Ugh. It means literally there time when you see them little pebbles and just know there's going to be a great big landslide on top of you and it's already too late to run. That moment, that's... Ugh. Vime's own lip moves. Forebodings? Oh, four. Four? They come in fours? Yeah, that's, ah! that's pretty terrible. Delightful. That's, that's pretty good. It didn't win, but it was a real good. It made me laugh pretty hard. At this point, you're just choosing, and I'm not complaining about this at all. You're choosing the puns because you love them. Because I love them. I listen to your groans, uh-huh. and those... Uh, that definitely yeah. weighs into your, uh-huh. to the judge's yep. uh, decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The harder you groan, I'm like, okay, well, I'll put that down as a yeah. possible. So we have, like, it starts out as a pretty traditional watch book. Like, there's tensions between... Ankh-Morpork mm-hmm. and Clatch. And Clatch stands in for... There's there's a lot of this mm-hmm. in these books. And as as he builds this world more, it becomes more like... It's a bit of a pastiche. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's some India. There's some Pakistan. There's some Middle East. Mm-hmm. But it's basically any sort of colonized place mm-hmm. that white people have gone and fought deserts mm-hmm. that are, that's hot. You know, there's... And it's based th- on a lot of movies. There's a lot yeah. of, like, Lawrence of Arabia in mm-hmm. this. And that... Um, Oh, that Cary oh, well, Grant movie that we couldn't get through. Oh, uh, uh, Gunga Din. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we tried, just uh, not our not our cup of tea. It were boring. Yeah, but um, there's we're gonna get yelled at for that. You yeah, know well, that, right? it was boring and racist, and I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised by how well he didn't. Like how unproblematic mm-hmm. this book was. It I was, was a little worried because I haven't read this one in a while, and mm-hmm. I'm sure it's not perfect and there's some like stuff as ever we have to say we're two white people judging how problematic it is for brown people that's not really fair no but as far as we can tell it wasn't unendurable Mm -hmm. like some of the stuff about uh china and japan in previous books has been like oh my god i can't read this terry please stop and our next book is about australia Mm -hmm. like discworld Mm -hmm. australia and there's a bunch of stuff about aborigines there Mm -hmm. that might be a little dicey but but this like there's a real like i love the way vimes approaches Mm -hmm. this which is he kind of assumes all the clatchians are innocent Mm -hmm. And he gets mad at himself when he has to find one of them. Like, oh, I don't want to just because they're. No, well, it's, it's not because they're Clatchian. the people in Ankh-Morpork who hate the Clatchians suck so much yeah. that Vimes is like, I don't want to be with those guys. Those guys stink. No, and he kind of overcorrects. And mm-hmm. he's like, I just assume they're like extra innocent. Mm-hmm. And when they are guilty, I feel bad about that <laughs> because that means people like Lord Rust are right. And mm-hmm. No, they're not. Yeah, I know. And we've got a really great character, uh, 71 Hour Ahmed, mm-hmm. who uh, is uh, like he he shows up pretty early on and he sort of weaves throughout the book. And he's this he's a little like no one's sure exactly what his deal is. Yeah. Is he an assassin? As, is he a mm-hmm. spy? Is he what's going mm-hmm. on? Is he like some kind of weird agent trying mm-hmm. to stoke the fires of the war? Yeah. What's his what's his yeah. deal? Um, and it turns out and Vimes figures this out 
about three quarters of the way through the book, he's like, oh, he's a cop. What I liked about that is, okay, and we had this, this is actually your bad thing, is when another Mm -hmm. appearance of another Dibbler. And honestly, that was kind of like a pretty mild bad thing. Yeah, you had to find something. Because I really like this book, and the Dibbler shows up for about like two or three pages, not there's, much. And there's not a whole shtick about him no. selling whatever on a stick. And mm-hmm. like, mostly he's just a named face in the mm-hmm. crowd while a bunch of other stuff is happening. So it's not just and this person called, said this. He's called Al Dibbler. Yeah, whatever. whatever. But I I tire of that very quickly, mm-hmm. but I love the idea that there's another Vimes somewhere. Mm-hmm. That his culture made him a little different. He's not one for one exactly like mm-hmm. Vimes, but he's basically Vimes in Clatch. Yeah, and I love that. There's a great sequence where uh, 71 Hour Ahmed says to Vimes, oh, so so Vetinari's your prince. He's the person who pays your bills. Uh-huh. And Vimes is like, no, it's not. It's no, he's just ju- master. Yeah. You're, oh, yeah, you're master. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's like, no, 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 he's not. I I follow the law. I do uh-huh. the good things. And I then, work for the law. Yeah. And then Vetinari turns him off like that. Yep. Like he just says that enough. Will be enough. Yeah. Yep. And then that's enough. And he just winds down and Vimes hates that, but it's accurate. It is accurate, but he can't think of it that way. No. He works for the law. Veterinary's terrier. As it happens, so does Veterinary. Yeah. If there was ever a point when he didn't, Vimes' loyalty would be with mm-hmm. the law. But fortunately, they're both always on the same side, so it doesn't really come up. But I I, I liked all that. But okay, so early on, mm-hmm. you have the, the, the war mm-hmm. looming and, and tensions rising. And I... When I was, I don't know, like in the early 90s, yeah. I was late teens, early 20s. Way back 20s. in the 90s. Yes. I was, that's not how that goes, you know, it's not way back in the <laughs> I 90s. I don't care. It's just back in the 90s. Way back in the 90s. No, it doesn't You knew what I was talking about. about. Yes. Um, I was really big into uh, Oliver Stone's JFK movie, mm-hmm. and then from that I got into some of the conspiracy stuff and all that, and like, you know. Ooh, chemtrails. It wasn't anything, no. There was some wacky stuff. I didn't believe any mm-hmm. of it, but I loved reading it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that in early on because there's an assassination attempt right. and there's a character that's pretty clearly Oswald. There's a, a yeah, ma- he's called Ozzy. Yeah. And there's yeah. a magic bullet and there's a grass, grassy knoll. Yeah. Which is a Gnoll. fantasy character called mm-hmm. a knoll and he's got mm-hmm. stuff growing on him. And, uh, and Ozzy, uh, and, and there's something happens from the magical book depository. Yes. Yeah. And I loved all that stuff. Like, cause that was subtle enough that mm-hmm. if you didn't get any of it, it wasn't like, eh, do you get it? Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just details. But for someone who was into that crap for about five minutes, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this, this is cool. This is weaving. And this feels more as we get into the mm-hmm. later books, more pastiche, more like he's got a million influences and he doesn't just say, I don't know why I said this, but reference. Instead, it's all sort of patched together into this quilt of it's a new thing because it's all pieces of other things. And in this, we've got more Leonard DeQuorm, who is based on Leonardo. He's an inventor character. And a lot of the Earth things coming in are things he's invented because he's constantly inventing. That's a much more organic way to do it. He's he's always and Mm -hmm. he's the same as he's ever been, only he's in it more. Yeah. And so he's always like accidentally inventing war machines mm-hmm. and doodling the perfect hot dog machine mm-hmm. in the margins while he's drawing a tank or whatever. And just that's that's just how he works. And there's a wonderful uh, like mishmash of characters there because you have Vetinari, Colin, Nobby and Leonard stuck together in close quarters and doing like a quest together. Yeah. And uh, they just nothing in common. Just no frame common frame of reference no, between love, any of them that's like nobby and colin are there to be the two regular guys mm-hmm. to be the rosencrantz and guildenstern to be on the margins and and to pedal well yes there's always great observational comedy it's very clear like like every humor writer and every comedian ever like me and every professional mm-hmm. and every amateur i've ever known he's i'm sure terry pratchett had a million stray jokes Mm -hmm. just written down and there's no place and you know what you just have navi say sarge why do we call them fingers when you never see them fing or you know whatever like just dumb like they'd be tweets now right navi is basically like twitter it just dumb thoughts that come into his head instead of tweeting yes exactly (laughs) colon says i found a tape measure (laughs) 
<laughs> colon says the most boring thing a husband's mm. ever said. Yes. Um, uh, but uh, Leonard is described. Uh, there's, a, there's a great little mm-hmm. passage that I've used a lot and I've used this to describe people I know mm-hmm. and occasionally myself. Uh, this is, this is from Vetinari's POV. He was in the immediate company of a man, even the Assassin's Guild was frightened of. Another man who would stay up all night. Oh no, this was, uh, this is from Colin or Nobby's, uh, perspective. Sorry. Uh, another man who would stay up all night in order to invent an alarm clock to wake him up in the morning mm-hmm. and so on. And I, I love that very mm-hmm. much. That's Leonard. He's constantly just getting ideas. And when I have kind of a, a manic state, I get like that. Like while I'm in the middle of writing something good, I have an idea for another something good and I just can't mm-hmm. deal with it all at the same time. And that's Leonard. Well, there's um, mania in my family. And when I was growing up, I have very clear memories of being woken up to uh, train the dogs to ring a bell at uh-huh. three in the morning where it's like, I'm uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. And, and with <laughs> now me- is the time for sleeping. With me, it's it's not exactly mania. It's a side effect of ADHD. It's just one of those mm-hmm. things that manifests basically the same. And Leonard also, like, uh, is a lot ADHD. Mm-hmm. Like, I see a lot of my n- neuro, you know, uh, neuroatypicality. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Neurodivergence. That's <laughs> the word. In in Leonard, neuroatypicality like, is tough. Yeah, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that tracks because neurotypical no, no, is no, what no. you're it's, supposed it's to say. No, no, no. It's not. I'm not saying it's incorrect. I'm saying it's difficult yeah. to say. Neurodivergence is mm. the word. Um, I'm trying to get away from saying sane and insane. My insanity. Yeah, your madness. No, no but uh, your hysteria. Why are you acting so hysterical? Yes, all um, the time. We'll talk about gender confusion in a minute. Mm. That's a thing too. Um, but I like like because the real uh, Leonardo da Vinci mm-hmm. I've read in some books about ADHD are like uh, historically probably he was probably mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson all those guys who invented a million things and came up with a million mm-hmm. ideas probably ADHD so it's nice to see my particular neurodivergence sort of rec- you know like uh, represented he does a thing where he's inventing a flying machine but he gets distracted building like the perfect seat for the flying machine or uh-huh. the airplane tray for the flying machine like and he's redesigning their they have a submarine mm-hmm. and he's redesigning the thing as they go mm-hmm. so that when people fall asleep and wake up suddenly it's more efficient mm-hmm. and that's that's such a neat idea for a character do you know yeah you know that's great but you know what's better mm. sleeping nine hours a night every night yeah i guess so yeah i don't know i mean there's drawbacks but uh, i'm okay living like being well rested yeah I, you know, I have my moments. Anyway, no, I liked, I liked all of that. And again, Colin and Nobby are nothing, and they have a bit more to do here. Mm-hmm. They're pretty funny in this one, though. They are. Yeah. There's the stuff in the submarine. Mm-hmm. I thought leaned a little too much on the fart jokes after yes. a while. There was funny for a minute because the joke was all we've packed are the stinkiest and most gas-inducing yeah. foods, and beans that's and hard cheese. Yeah, yeah, and that's funny. But then it went on like that. Yeah for several more beats and it's like okay you did the joke let's let's move on but there's um some good colon and nobby stuff because colon keeps uh like he never wants to say he doesn't know something yes so he just makes up these ridiculous ideas and then nobby loves to just keep poking mm-hmm. at it oh is that true because then this but what about this like they see um some pictograms on the wall and someone says they're hieroglyphs and so mm-hmm. nobby says does that mean when we go lower they're Lowroglyphs, <sighs> and Colin says, "Don't be ridiculous. You don't get lowroglyphs in this part of the world." Right? Yeah. No, and it's it's fun, and I imagine, I imagine they're easy characters to write for. Mm-hmm. If they were mine, they would be. Well, it's a comedy, like it's a comedy duo. You got your fat guy, and then you've got your your small guy. Right, but also it's very stream of consciousness. Yeah. you don't have to worry about much about character. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about plot. They just meander wherever mm-hmm. the jokes are. Mm-hmm. But all of that said, mm-hmm. Nobby really gets some good moments here. Mm-hmm. There's there's some okay, there's a there's a whole subplot that's basically yes. the movie Some Like It Hot, which I did not care for, you did not care for. Nope. A lot it of people do. Also sucked. I will not say that it sucked. It was just not for me. It wasn't funny. And I don't it was find difficult to watch. Men are wearing dresses. Get <laughs> it? I don't I don't care for that. However Fuck you, movie. However, Nobby had a whole mm-hmm. Like a whole arc here, I would say, mm-hmm. where because you know they're in foreign parts. Like this mm-hmm. whole thing is because Vetinari's got a secret mission, and yes, 
they've got to disguise themselves and they try to knock out guards and disguise themselves as guards, but that doesn't go so well. Yeah, it turns out the guards are thieves and steal all their stuff. It's yeah. very good. And they only end up with enough like dude clothes mm-hmm. to cover. The patrician's not putting the dress on. Yeah, they get they get two dude outfits and then like um like some harem pants. Yeah, it's and, like a, yeah. a the Middle Eastern, you know, like a belly dancer kind of thing. Yeah. And, and uh, someone's got to wear yeah, it. Yeah, Patrician's not going to wear it. Yeah, and Colin's probably too fat to wear mm-hmm. it. So, all right. Also, he's he outranks Nobby. Yeah. He can order him to wear it. Um, and now, and yeah, there's some jokes about it. There's some jokes at his expense, and some jokes about the narrative convention of an ugly dude putting on a dress mm-hmm. suddenly being very attractive to every man. And I like him saying. That's how the story's supposed to go, mm-hmm. but that's stupid because look at Nobby, he's still hideous. Also, Nobby is described as one of the ugliest characters on the disc. Yes. So it even if the narrative convention would work for someone else, yes. it's not gonna work for Nobby. But Terry Pratchett does that great thing of mm-hmm. saying, I know how stories always mm-hmm. go. That's not how this one goes. Mm-hmm. And there's some jokes about that and they get a little broad. I wouldn't say they're offensive, but they get a little broad about like just he thr- like it, the the idea is that he seduces his way into something, mm-hmm. but instead he threatens to take off his clothes mm-hmm. and people do what he wants. Yeah, and okay, whatever. But near the end of the book, he's like, you know what? I kind of like this. I kind of mm-hmm. understand what women go through a little bit, and I kind of like wearing women's clothes. And it's like, oh, and I think it comes up again in later books it does. where that starts being more of what he does when he's not in uniform. Yes, um. But I like that this but character... that's not meant to be a joke. There are some jokes. Yeah. But no, it's it's but... just a... And it's the, let's not say, oh, well, he was definitely like like meant to be a no, cross-dresser. No. And Terry Pratchett was a... No, but it's a little it's a little color. What I like is Nobby started out as nothing. Mm-hmm. He started out as a, a side joke character. He started out as the guy you can't trust mm-hmm. who will steal everything out of mm-hmm. all the lockers and take the tea money. And... Then they added his weapons thing, which is almost mm-hmm. nothing, but it's something. Okay. And there was a little bit of that in this because Ozzy is another sort of similar character. Yeah. Like someone who doesn't have a ton of friends. Yeah, and, and collects, what is it, bows and ammo. Bows and ammo and like is really like... Knows the gets, latest model and all that gets stuff. Gets fancy arrows. But, but if you're writing about a bunch of cops, a lot of them are weird weapon fetish people and not making Nami that kind of tracks it makes sense so it, that it was, was flavor yeah. and now there's a little more for like what i'm saying is as we go there's more things about him he's not just hanging around being weird he's got some stuff and i like that but i think we should probably talk about the actual like oh yeah the <laughs> we, actual we've talked about these side characters for a long time yeah and, uh, i love like this had some rich side character stuff it really in did. it um it very much did whereas i think some of the previous watch books have been like not even just mostly centered on Vimes, but Vimes was the character and Carrot some as well yeah. that were really sort of engaging. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the sub characters were like okay, but not really like meaty. No, it used to be more a story, B story, mm-hmm. and he's getting a much better sense by this turn, by this point in the series of an ensemble. Mm-hmm. Like going forward, with one or two notable exceptions, if a book has a large cast, they're all pretty interesting, right? And I like that a lot. That said, I'm surprised by how little Lady Sybil has mm-hmm. to do in any of these. You you obviously have keep more of an eye on how well-serviced mm-hmm. female characters are and such. I'm There are some female characters in this book. There are, but my not, point is... Not a whole lot. I, I have not historically been as good at that. I'm trying to mm-hmm. get better. But my original recollection going through the series was... Lady Sybil's a great character, and right, she's in she this all the time. she large over the series, but she really doesn't. No, she's there when Sam goes home, which mm-hmm. is hardly ever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, realizing that again is like, oh, okay, this is that sort of like, you know, sort of casual cultural sexism mm-hmm. that would just like, oh, I thought, well, there's a woman character, check in the box, that's good. Good enough. Okay, but she's in it for... 50 pages out of 500 pages. Usually you know? when she's in it, though, the sequences are quite good. Oh, she's a fantastic character. Um, In this one, she talks about being the wife staying at home while the husbands go to war, because that's what the Ramkins do. And it was a nice follow-up on, we've talked about before, mm-hmm. about her being, like, in the long line of, mm-hmm. like, the great lords and the great whatevers that go off to war, and that's why she's bred to be mm-hmm. so tough and all that stuff. And there's a nice bit at the end where... um. 
uh, Vetinari is bribing Vimes into taking another promotion. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he offers is to make Vimes a duke, which Vimes doesn't want. This is one of my quotes, actually. Uh, But that means I'll have to be married to a duchess, he said. It's a big fat word, duchess. And Sybil's never been interested in that sort of thing. (laughs) I bow to your knowledge of the female psyche, said Vetinari. I saw her face just now. No doubt when she next takes tea with her friends, who I believe include the Duchess of Quirm and the Lady Salachi, she will be extremely unmoved and not faintly smug in any way. (laughs) Very, very good. Uh, Enjoyable. What I like is this contempt for the rich, Mm -hmm. this contempt for the, the highborn that Vimes has. Sybil kind of has it too Mm -hmm. and she doesn't have it in the sense of nobody should be entitled she has I know these people I grew up with these people and they're kind of shitty well she has some choice things to say about Lord Rust in this who's ostensibly the villain in this or one of the villains well he's like a warmonger he's excited to go to war because it means that he'll get to have glorious victory or glorious defeat he doesn't care because he's not going to get hurt yeah exactly he's he's an officer he's going to send the cannon fodder out there it's a very world war one-y kind of character i mean there's in every war you got people like that but yeah there's there's a lot it's like yeah it's a very yeah Yeah. it feels very trench Mm warfare-y and this was my like scraping the barrel to find a bad thing Mm -hmm. because again difficult very good book uh he says by jingo a couple mm-hmm. of times when he's trying to whip mm-hmm. up support for the war and i found that a little clumsy because that's because the that's, title yeah. of the book and i've never heard it said before maybe it's a common expression it is a in common England, expression but, but it saying it out loud felt weird and wrong mm-hmm. and i hey, thought he, that's the name of the uh yeah, <laughs> the episode i thought he said it a bunch mm-hmm. uh and then when i went back and searched for my mm-hmm. notes turns out he only said it twice but it really stood out to me like two oh. is still a lot when it's the title of the book yeah yeah and the thing is, maybe it wasn't the title of the book yet. Maybe he went back and read what he right. wrote and said, well, this, this is the title. But still, I didn't care for it. Um, But there's some great Vimes in here and there's some great, like, my perception of Vimes mm-hmm. has gradually evolved over the course of the books, but so many things solidify here. So many things that were almost there are completely there now. Well, th- there is a lot of good Vimes in this. Like, he is like one of the major sort of um, stresses in this book mm-hmm. is that a policeman is not a soldier. Yes, he and makes the, a point when mm-hmm. this war council meets and mm-hmm. they say, well, you're a man of war. And he mm-hmm. says, I am absolutely not a man of war. Yep. And then later Rust uh, says something along the lines of, do you want to be a civilian? And Vime says, I a am policeman a is a civilian. Yeah. Um, if policing were the way it should be, uh, if I yes, make, in this fantasy yes, ideal world. Yes, no, but if, like, any time, not uh, definitely to get political, but if policing were what it should be, policemen would be civilians. Well, and that's what Carrot said yeah. in the first, in his first appearance. And this was apparently not actually true, this polis, meaning mm-hmm. the city and right. police. Like, in real life, the, the Latin roots or whatever are not one-to-one or greek or whatever it, it doesn't is. matter like, whatever but, this is a but story in this world, yeah like the fact that police means man of the city yeah like that's that's how carrot sees it and that's how vime sees it and so this is uh, a, a police police should not be soldiers right and vimes is very about that no and, and there's he, there's a parade yeah. where he's carrying his his baton of mm-hmm. office and it's literally just a baton mm-hmm. like you could whack someone over the head with mm-hmm. it but it is not a lethal weapon at all that is the symbol of his office and he spends a lot of time sort of thinking about that and yeah. what it means and why it's good yeah if he's out there being seen by people he shouldn't mm-hmm. be carrying a crossbow he should be carrying this stick yeah um and <laughs> Uh, as toward the end of the book, uh, Vimes arrests both armies. That's the like the one sentence. If you say mm-hmm. what was great about this book, the one thing I mm-hmm. remember is well, Vimes arrests an army. Yep, two he, armies, really. both armies, because yeah. both of them are uh, trying to uh, what is it? Um, uh, breach break, of the peace, breach or of the peace, like, yeah. which is what an army does. What so I it's loved, illegal. What I loved was the play on. There's a whole bunch of bullshit mm-hmm. wars that. America's been involved mm-hmm. in since at least Vietnam, maybe Korea also, that we called police actions. Mm-hmm. And they played... No, it's not a war. Yeah. is This is a, you know, whatever. But police action is one of the phrases we use. And I like Terry Pratchett playing with that because mm-hmm. he's a policeman. Mm-hmm. It's a police action. It's a police action. Uh-huh. Arresting but, them. Stop yes. it. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. It's all very good. 
And um, like, I like seeing him avert riots. Like Mm -hmm. there's almost riots when tensions are building early in the story. And he takes this family Mm -hmm. that is in danger and puts them in the cells, not because they did anything wrong, but to protect them. Well, he brings them back to the watch house and he doesn't like, he's just like, okay, we'll just put them someplace safe. And Mm -hmm. then Detritus puts them in the cell because that's the safest place in the watch house. And they're not locked in. They're just down there, like hanging out in a safe place. But it it sounds bad. Yeah. But, but just so many of those things. And this is an idea, the way he common senses the, city mm-hmm. out of doing really big dangerous things comes up hugely in the climax mm-hmm. of Nightwatch and uh, spoilers for that I guess but I think I'm being vague enough mm-hmm. but it's just the way he deals with it is he he's always the calmest head when he needs to be he gets pissed off too but mm-hmm. there's there's moments when everything can explode and he's like no we will mm-hmm. all keep a level head and we will all keep this from going bad and here are the stress points and we will not do it and then he gets so pissed off mm-hmm. when he realizes that he's being framed. He's being led mm-hmm. to the logical conclusion that a Clatchian killed or, you know, attempted mm-hmm. what, like sand in his sandals and like all the obvious clues. And he hates that so much. Yeah, there are, uh, like there are the mystery mm-hmm. is that, okay, you've got the Clatchian prince who gets... um there's an attempted assassination right. attempt and like an arrow comes out to hit him. Vimes saves him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it turned, they think it's at first it's supposed to be Ozzy. Who's like a little weird gun enthusiast. Yeah. Like Oswald. Uh, and everyone's like, and then once they investigate a little bit, like, well, that's impossible. He couldn't possibly have made this shot. Right. He's not very good. This right. is no way. And so it turns out there's a hired um, killer. Who's not actually part of the assassins guild. He's just, good at yeah. killing and that's uh snowy mm-hmm. and then someone killed snowy and ozzy who could that be it honestly reminded me a lot of the plot of star trek 6 yeah where both sides mm-hmm. like are conspiring so that a war can happen mm-hmm. and then killing the assassins like to cover yeah. their tracks and so who who hired snowy who mm-hmm. set this all up and the the clues point to a Clatchian doing it. Like, Vimes hates clues and he hates so that. much. I and, love that. Uh, so he thinks, well, there's absolutely no way it could be. And then it turns out that the Clatchians, the Clatchian prince, the actual ruler, mm-hmm. set it up so that his brother would get killed so they'd have a reason for the war. Yeah. And that's actually my good thing is the mystery is pretty easy to follow. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. I And it's like the whole step-by-step made sense. Vimes figuring it out made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the motivations behind it made sense. We watch a bunch of old mu- movies, and one of the things that we watch sometimes is the detective noirs, and Jesus Christ. Yeah, I love me a noir, but a story about a detective, like <sighs> the, the, one of the defining characteristics of mm-hmm. like a detective noir is that the story is super complicated mm-hmm. and difficult to follow. And what I like is like the Thin Man movies, which are not noir. They're they're comedy. Yeah. With some mystery. Um, and then there's the accusing parlor yeah. scene, which is annoying. Yeah. And but not you get funny. near the end where you have to get everyone together and figure out what happened. And William Powell, one of the most charming guys from back then, just like hated that because he's like, I couldn't keep the whole details together. I don't know. I just read what was in the script. It doesn't but I, matter. But I didn't understand what it meant. So I couldn't sell it because I don't understand it myself. And. I feel like that about a lot of mysteries. Yeah. And a lot of TV shows, like, Lost certainly didn't invent it. The X-Files did it before that, and Things did it before that. But, like, it's it's definitely become popular sort of in this, mm-hmm. like, the last couple of decades. TV shows, like, keeping a mystery going mm-hmm. and then it not having a satisfying conclusion. And well, Lost wacky, did, but, And yeah. wacky detectives have been a also thing that. forever. And... But I'm talking more about big, mysterious, mm-hmm. like, Star Trek Discovery's done that. Mm-hmm. Like, where... When you finally get the very convoluted answer to the mystery, is like, but that doesn't... What? hmm Huh? And so much TV is using that form of narrative, and I do not care for it. Well, there's a, a good bit in this where Vimes finds a clove, mm-hmm. and he had seen Ahmed uh, chewing them earlier yes. in the... And so he says, like, he tells Cheery... It was the the person chewing this was definitely like this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she says, Little Bottom looks astonished. And Vime says, Detectoring is like gambling. Um, the secret is to know the winner in advance. Like, he mm-hmm. already knows that's how he knows. But that, 
the whole sequence of him saying, I believe he was left-handed mm-hmm. and he was da-da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Like, it was all very Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And I love that it's like, because I know exactly who it was and I am now describing him to you. Not because I'm making these ridiculous leaps of, uh, you know, well, of he deductive hates that, reasoning. And he hates yeah. clues and he hates yeah. all of the detective because stuff. Because life is messy. Yeah. One of the things I like, though, that I, I take notice of in these books is while there's a certain level of cynicism, while there's a certain level of like life is messy and you don't get your neat narrative answers because he's got a very good grasp on how stories work. Mm-hmm. One thing he does is he sets up these horrible, horrible, unlikable characters mm-hmm. like Lord Rust and they always get their comeuppance. Mm-hmm. He he draws the line like, okay, I'm going to make it like the line between stories and real life is a little blurred, blah, 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 whatever. But one thing that you always depend on that I'm not going to let you down on is the awful people always get what's, what's coming to them. And I like that a lot. Well, it's a fantasy story. I know. But, yeah. But he, like I say, he draws the line different places. Like he's very cynical about certain things. Mm-hmm. He's very genre aware. And he could say, this is what you expect. I'm going to go this mm-hmm. way because he loves doing that. But when it comes to bad people who treat people like things. They always, always get what's coming to them, and that makes me very happy. It's it's narratively satisfying. It's satisfying when you're little. It's satisfying mm-hmm. when you're old. It's just, it's one of those things about stories, and he knows that. And these are largely comedies, yeah. which, in sort he of the goes... traditional comedic sense, have a happy ending. But, yeah, like in a Shakespearean... Like a, like a comedy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but there are still jokes. Mm-hmm. There is still funny dialogue, but we're getting more into... It's more satire mm-hmm. and it's more social commentary comedy instead of a bunch of jokes strung together by a flimsy plot. But just like we were talking about and we continue talking about with police, this is how it should be. This yes. is how it ought to be, not how it is. No, and the fact that Ankh-Morpork mm-hmm. is still a medieval city-state run by a tyrant, mm-hmm. but it still works very efficiently. He He's just built this world that he's thought a lot about and... If things worked this way and if good people were in the right places, it would work. And I like that. I like all of that. Uh, what was your good thing? Oh, you said. The, I already the, said. The plot. Yeah. Right. The plot of the mystery. So my good thing. Yes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. My good thing. So this came up before. This was, and I don't know if we've mentioned it. Yeah, we did because we talked about bingly, bingly, bingly. Yes. Um, there's a, there's a, it's called the disorganizer. Mm-hmm. It's effectively a Palm Pilot right. or a personal organizer, you know, like. This book was 1997, so these things were around, like uh, uh, PDAs were around, and Terry Pratchett feels like one of those guys who was always, like, a little ahead of... Yeah, like, he was an early adopter type. Yeah, he was, like, in news groups before that was a huge deal when a lot of authors didn't interact with their fans on uh, on the internet. And, you know, all the computer jokes with Hex don't really work with me, but mm-hmm. the disorganizer does because it's a character that gets interacted mm-hmm. with, and he can never quite... Vimes can't ever quite figure out how to use it. He doesn't really try. No, he doesn't really try. Sybil just keeps buying him these mm-hmm. things and he doesn't read the manual or he starts scribbling in the manual mm-hmm. and keeping his actual diary in the manual mm-hmm. instead of doing it. You know, I, all, and he hides uh, it from Sybil so she yeah. doesn't find out. Right. And the thing yells at him for it. Mm-hmm. But there's this great bit. So the joke continues. Like it's just him fighting with the thing. Mm-hmm. And about halfway through the book, something happens and I don't remember what the inciting Trousers of time. Is. Right. But I don't remember what the inciting mm-hmm. like actual event is. It doesn't matter. Where th- this Vimes picks up the wrong, like th- there's two. Well, he can decide to stay in the city. Right. And do his best to follow bad orders and like mitigate the damage. Yeah. Or as the war continues to, to, to loom. To come to Ankh-Morpork. Yeah. Or he can follow um, 71R Ahmed, who he thinks has committed a crime, right. and save Angua because she got onto the ship. Right. Uh, so, which is not the, like, necessarily, like, the smart thing to do, but it's the right thing to do. It's the so, Vimes thing to do. Yeah. So he goes... Right, but I don't, what I'm saying is I don't really understand. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But I don't, like, there wasn't, like, some lightning storm or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it turns out the Vimes that stayed and the Vimes that we're following mm-hmm. went got each other's disorganized. Mm-hmm. And so this one is starting to read appointments mm-hmm. for things that would have happened if he'd stayed in the city. And it's a, basically, it's a really fun way to explore what if, what right. would have happened. Well, if Vimes he'd... says to the disorganizer, if you were any good, you'd tell me about appointments that I should be having that I didn't tell you yeah, about. things that I don't know about. Yeah, that's, why can't things you that tell me that? that are going to happen. And yes. so the disorganizer tries to do that, yeah. and that's what gets this going. Right. And, um... It's it gradually you see 
the other reality getting worse and worse and worse. And it culminates in this, which is my, my quote. And I might get a little choked up with this because I don't know. It just hit me the right way. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Bingley, bingley, beep. The disorganizer's voice had lost its chirpy edge and sounded sleepy and bewildered. Heads turned. Seven, um, uh, um, organized defenders at Rivergate. 725 hand-to-hand -hand fighting in Peach Pie Street. 748 to rally survivors in Sator Square. Things to do today. Build, build, build barricades. He was aware of surreptitious movement behind him. What kind of movement? <laughs> Ginger. Uh, and then slight pressure. Ahmed was standing back to back with him. What is that thing talking about? Search me. Sounds like it's in a different world, doesn't it? He could feel events racing toward a distant wall. Sweat filled his eyes. He couldn't remember when he last had a proper sleep. His legs twinged. His arms ached, pulled down by the heavy bow. Bingley, 8.02 a.m. Death of Corporal Little Bottom, 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 8.03 a.m. Death of Sergeant Detritus. 8.03, a.m. and seven seconds, seconds, death of constable visit. And it goes on like that. It's just like reading the deaths yeah. of everyone. Of all of our friends. All our friends are dead. Including Carrot. Yep. And it's just like, oh, Jesus, that's like the darkest timeline. Mm -hmm. And it just makes you realize Vimes did the right thing. Mm -hmm. That everyone lived. And it's such a dumb thing for me to be getting choked up about right now. But yeah, but it's it was a, it's a good bit. Also, Nigel Planer does a really good job of it. Yeah, I am the, not doing uh, justice to the reading that he gives of this thing, just like you know, fading out. Yep. And we get a scene with it with death after mm -hmm. that, where death doesn't know what the fuck it is. Yeah. And basically says, well, I, I don't want you. No, not, no thank you. And gives it to a squid, which I didn't, Shark. I didn't quite understand that. He throws it into the water. Yeah, but I, like, uh, it feels like death, I don't know. feels like, uh, it was a nice way to sort of end the book the way it started with an ocean creature, but it just, I don't know. Also, death's in all of the books, and yeah. because not a ton of people are dying. He's... Well, he was there for Snowy. Yeah. And then he was there for the mm -hmm. for the disorganizer, but no, I re I really liked all of that, and that feels like a joke that should get old, and it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And actually, it's put to even better use in um, my favorite watch book, mm -hmm. um, Thud, mm -hmm. which you know we'll get to soon. But yeah, because Sybil buys him another one. Yeah, of course they just keep coming back. It's just one of those things. They're like wayoons in that way. Um, what else? Um, I can do my quote. Yeah, okay. What do you got? Uh, so we haven't talked too much about this yet, uh, but uh, we uh, Vimes is given a book from General Tacticus, mm -hmm. which is a famous Ankh-Morpork general who invented tactics. Right. Uh, the the librarian gives it to him, and so he's he's reading it. And he's based on some some real life, I guess, Roman general. There's yeah. also clearly some Sun Tzu in there. Like, yeah. A lot of a lot of you know famous generals who wrote books about mm -hmm. how to fight. Um, and so uh, he, in Clatch, gets to this uh, statue mm -hmm. that was built in honor of a place that Tacticus conquered. Mm -hmm. um, and and in, this, in this regard, he's Alexander the Great. He yeah. conquered the known world. Yeah. And it's a little Ozymandias yep. because yep. It, the, the statue's broken down right. and all that. Um, so it says... the. Um, He's looking at the, the plinth on the statue. It says, mm -hmm. Ab hoc possum verde domen tuum. Well, Vimes thought, Dome tuum was your house, wasn't it? And verde was, I see. What? He said out loud. I can see your house from here. What kind of a noble sentiment is that? I believe it was meant to be a boast and a threat, Sir Samuel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I can see your house from here. Watch out. Yep. Very good. Yeah. No, that's quite It sounds... Yeah dumb mm -hmm. but then you think about it for a minute oh shit he can see my house from here <laughs> and there's also a little bit of sort of pithy oscar wildy character yep. like tacticus is also like because he's reading the book and it's like what's the best way to um uh, defeat yeah, if you're overwhelming swarmed, numbers yeah, if you're swarmed yeah. by a hundred guys and it's just you what do you do try not to let that happen yeah yeah and there's a bunch of common sense just like well obviously if the enemy is fortified in a you know in a stronghold don't 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 attack yeah or in what he said was endeavor to keep them there yes so keep them pinned up in there right and there's a lot of that and it's 
usually not helpful, but it also feels very Vimes because, mm-hmm. again, his reaction to anything like, you know, spinning out of control is to be incredibly rational and incredibly commonsensical. And that seems like what Tacticus was. There's a great backstory to him where he conquered the known world. And then mm-hmm. because one of the kingdoms was short of, you know, noble blood, he basically became a prince somewhere else. And his first act was to then declare war on Morpork. Yeah, because it was the place that was most built it up yeah, to have all the riches. And he's like, let's go take all the riches now. Also, they don't have a great general anymore because mm-hmm. I'm over here. Mm-hmm. That was fun. And probably based on real historical stuff, you know, because that sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds like one of those stories you hear. Um, there's a, there's a good, so in Discworld, mm-hmm. he's credited as saying Veni Vidi Vici. Mm-hmm. And near the end, after Vetinari's done his perfect, like, you know, elaborate mm-hmm. uh, manipulative plan, he says Veni Vici Vetinari. Yeah. Which I quite like. He came and did the Vetinari. Everybody a... do the Vetinari. Mm-hmm. I can't, I'm not smart enough. He's like, this is a very good veterinary. It book. is. This is, we've talked before about he's not quite there yet. He's mm-hmm. not quite there yet. The last book he almost was, and here he completely is. He's very good because Rust is like, we got to go to war. We got to go to war. And and when there's a war, the patrician has to step down and the heads of like the, the lords yeah. take over and there's a war council. So veterinary is effectively out of power for a while. Yeah. So he runs around and finds out that Lesp is um, rising because of natural forces and it's going to sink again. Yeah, that's the whole point of this yeah. island, which is kind of like Atlantis. It's yeah. got old settlements or whatever popped back up and nobody knows who it belongs to. And that's why we're fighting. Yeah. And so at the end, he says to the uh, the, the ruler of Clatch, I will surrender and give you all of Leshp. And let's go sign let's a treaty sign on a... neutral ground. Yeah. Which, hey, Leshp. Yeah. And then Leshp is gone. And it turns out that... Uh, they because they didn't fight the battle that the Clatchians would have won. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it looks pretty bad for the prince. Yeah, yeah. And they can't sign the treaty because the land is gone. And that was his plan all along was to sink Clatch. Yep. Like he gave Leonard like, why don't you sink this island? Mm-hmm. Come up with some explosives and go go to it. Oh no, he didn't sink it. It comes. It goes down naturally. I thought he made Leonard do it. No, no, no Leonard. It's... There was a point in the story where Vetinari and Nobby and Colin mm-hmm. were doing one thing, and it was implied Leonard was off doing something else i'm pretty sure that's what he was up to no it, it just happens naturally like the this no i know this, it does yeah it eventually happen naturally yeah. but i'm pretty sure he planted something to make it happen sooner. i don't think so i think it just I... it just he just knew the timing on it maybe i don't know i was under the impression leonard was off on a secret mission to blow it up or whatever you know blow up whatever made it yeah. fall or you know something not to hurt anyone but you know uh what else oh well, that's most of my stuff yeah me too yeah i quite enjoyed it um, but again, like mm-hmm. maybe my least favorite watch book, but that's still like my grade is still an A. I really, really liked this. Yes. This was a, an A for me as well. Yeah, it's it's a good book. It's a very good book. Mm-hmm. And again, everybody is now fully formed. The yep. watch is now we kept talking about like, well, the watch isn't quite what we, you know, what it will be mm-hmm. and all that. It pretty much like at it this is. point, it just yep. gets bigger and more important. <laughs> and Vimes keeps getting promoted. Mm-hmm. He's a duke now. Mm-hmm. He's. Sir Sam Vimes, Commander of the Watch, mm-hmm. Duke of Ankh-Morpork. And he has to wear tights. Yes. <laughs> which Civil loves. Yes, she yeah. does. She loves all of that, which yeah. which we, you know, we read about before. Uh, so what do you got for a pune or play on words? Okay, so uh, Carrot is watching Ahmed get away mm-hmm. uh, and says, I can't just let him get away, said Carrot. He's a suspect. Look, he's laughing at us. Uh, with diplomatic impunity, says Angua. That was terrible. Uh... We didn't talk about Let's real quick talk about. So Angua goes aboard mm-hmm. Ahmed's ship yep. in, in wolf form. Yep. Figuring she can blend in because there's dogs there. Uh, and then he slaps a silver collar on mm-hmm. her. Because he knows what's up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then also lets her get away. Yeah. But for a while they're chasing mm-hmm. the ship with her on it and Vimes keeps expecting Carrot to be this like like an action hero. Like, yes, swing like, across I'm on a rope. I'm going for my yeah. woman. I'm going to do all these stupid things. And he's like, nope, I'm going to be well rested so that tomorrow if we do have to fight, I will be awake and ready. Mm-hmm. And he's always so sensible and mm-hmm. so like, I, it's a good Carrot book too. Always good Carrot. But yep. you know, there's, there's some particularly good stuff. At the beginning, there's him organizing uh, the street toughs mm-hmm. into basically Boy Scouts. And 
having a nice uh, having a nice game of football. And the same thing happens at the end where he has yes. the army guys. Yeah, doing that pays the same. off. Where it's it's like there's a there's a famous story about uh, the uh, German and English forces putting aside their differences in World War One mm-hmm. on Christmas to just like play football and celebrate Christmas and then go back to fighting again. And uh, it was a bit like that. I love Garrett. I continue to love yep. Garrett. There's like it's there's nothing new to say about him, but I just want to say like this book more carrot is more good like very pleased with that anything else mm, nope that's all the things i think all right our cliche count so no susurrations two surreptitious which seems that's okay it's a good good mm-hmm. you know that's an acceptable use in a whole novel two two words uh quantum non well, something that happens to other people only happened once which mm-hmm. is about right that's, that's about your, right yep. that's your funny dad joke use it once gingerly nine it just kept happening nine of them so many. so many like i was like so okay many. good maybe we're being unfair because there's so little of all these others but no gingerly is so it's many. also ruined gingerly for me in other books because i will read it in another book and i'll go Ugh. and yep. it's only getting used once it's yeah. just a word for him it is i don't know if it's a crutch because it's not like a whole scene depends on no it, but it's there are other words that mean the same thing yep why don't you just use one of them or, he knows all the words. Yeah, he's he's got a good vocabulary. Mm-hmm. I've learned tons of words from these books. So who knows? Uh, okay, so next time we will be doing the final Rincewind book. Ugh. We're not looking forward to it, except for the fact that it's the final Rincewind. I don't want to. Yeah, well, we gotta. We're halfway through. We gotta keep this going now. Ugh, suck at other podcasts. <laughs> yeah, well, suck at us. We have to read the last, uh, last continent. Last continent. Last continent. Yeah. But then... We got a long stretch of good ones. Mm-hmm. So, you know. So There's not too that, many bad books left. There's that one-two punch yeah. that we talked about, and that's about it. And last hero I don't think is bad. It's just short. I don't love it, but we'll, we'll get to I it I like some stuff it. that it has to say about heroism and yeah, that. Right. All right, but that's all for this time. This has been a co-production of Ron Algar One and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross, copyright 2019 and 2020. For full archives, RSS feed, and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcast.com. And for access to our show notes, bonus photos, advanced copies of episodes, and even the opportunity to pick something for us to review, consider a donation at patreon.com slash algar. That's A-A-L-G-A-R. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.